0: Could another veto of Governor Holcomb's be overturned tomorrow by lawmakers at the State House? We'll have the latest on the bill limiting the emergency powers for local health departments and hear from the governor, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett, and Marion County Health Director Virginia Kane. Plus, what about our state's vaccination rates? I'll talk one on one with former state health commissioner, Dr. Judy Monroe. It's all ahead this Sunday in focus. State lawmakers will be back in session tomorrow with the Republican legislature poised to overturn another veto from Governor Eric Holcomb dealing with the emergency powers belonging to local health departments. Another bill limiting the governor's emergency powers and allowing the legislature to call itself into session has led to a lawsuit and a legal battle between the GOP-controlled legislature, the sitting Republican governor and Republican attorney general Todd Rokita. Kayla Sullivan has the latest.
1: The Indiana Constitution says the governor has the power to call a special legislative session. However, it doesn't say whether the General Assembly can or can't. So legislators passed a law allowing them to bring themselves back to the statehouse during a public emergency. The governor vetoed it, saying it was unconstitutional. Lawmakers voted to override him, leaving the governor with one last option, a lawsuit.
2: Ultimately, courts are Uh, The ones who say what the constitutions mean in our system.
1: Now, Attorney General Todd Rokita has moved to strike the lawsuit. During an interview in November, he expressed his support for lawmakers to be able to call themselves into session during an emergency.
3: Our emergency declaration law, um, which is being used for these different executive orders, was never meant for uh, a pandemic that has lasted as long as this. So, uh, under our constitution, The leaders who are most accountable uh, to the taxpayers and voters and citizens of the state Uh, are found in the legislative branch.
1: The governor's office asked Rokita's permission to hire outside counsel for the lawsuit. He denied it and now is trying to block it from going to court. Rokita stresses this litigation would set a precedent for branches to sue one another at the expense of taxpayers over abstract disagreements. However, IU constitutional law expert Beth Kate says that's not what's happening here.
2: This lawsuit involves a very rare situation in which the governor is saying the legislature effectively rewrote the state constitution to give itself one of the governor's exclusive
1: powers. And it's not like anyone can sue over the constitutionality of this law. They have to have proven standing that they're directly impacted. Kate says the governor has that.
2: I think the governor just goes ahead and responds to the motion that's been
1: filed by the attorney general. From the Indiana State House, I'm Kayla Sullivan. All
2: right,
0: Kayla, thanks. So what's the governor saying about this latest veto that could be overturned by lawmakers tomorrow? We're talking about Senate Bill 5, which allows locally elected officials to override decisions made by county health departments. Well, here's what the governor had to say on Thursday.
4: Uh, I don't want to do anything that undermines our local health departments, our local health leaders to do their jobs. Uh, But I don't want to do anything that jeopardizes that integrity and that ability to be nimble and swift in our action.
0: This week, we also heard from Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett. In those times of crisis, uh, I think it's frankly indisputable uh, that uh, it's better to have the experts in charge. uh, With all due respect
4: to elected officials.
2: We've been grateful to Governor Holcomb, at least I've been grateful to Governor Holcomb for continuing to allow local health authorities to set the guidelines that make sense for their communities.
0: Dr. Virginia Kane, there. Meantime, turning to our state's vaccination efforts this week, we heard from the governor as the numbers continue to show a bit of a decline here in Indiana when it comes to vaccine demand, both here and across the country.
4: We do see some hesitancy in our rural areas. What we have sought to do as a state is remove any barrier, make it convenient, make it quick, make it fast.
0: This week, we also heard from President Biden on the new plan to reallocate some doses to different states based on demand for the vaccine.
4: As we anticipated, the pace of vaccination is slowing. Now, the majority of American adults have already gotten their first shot but we're still vaccinating millions of Americans every day.
0: Okay, right now I'm joined by Dr. Judy Monroe, former Indiana State Health Commissioner and now president of the CDC Foundation. It's great to have you back with us again this week. Great
2: to be with you.
0: You know, the overall situation uh, is certainly a lot better when it comes to COVID than last time we spoke, but we heard from the president there and the governor on the demand now declining for these vaccines. Uh, Are you concerned about those numbers and and what are you and others involved to some degree in this process trying to do to convince people who are still hesitant to go out and get the vaccine?
2: Yes, and we are concerned about the drop in interest in getting vaccines and uh, there are a number of efforts underway with a number of partners. Uh, I know Indiana is leaning in, and uh, as I said, decreasing all the barriers to getting a vaccine. Um, One of the things that uh, is important that physicians talk to their uh, patients. Uh, most folks we're hearing from want to hear from their doctors, and most doctors have, in fact, been vaccinated when they've had that offered to them. Uh, so that's one of the areas. We've done a number of communication efforts. There are some communication campaigns. We're also working with community-based organizations, uh, folks on the ground that are trusted and know their communities well. We're doing some funding to them, uh, technical assistance, uh, that type of thing. So it's it's there's a major effort underway to to try to help build that yeah. vaccine confidence and hope folks get vaccinated.
0: Do you think in retrospect, the decision to pause the J and J vaccine had an impact on overall demand?
2: Um, I think it had a blip, uh, but we're hearing, uh, you know, in, in other communities uh, around the country that uh, folks are taking the J and J vaccine now. And uh, so I don't think it uh, was a major uh, yeah. major
0: issue. We also learned this week the federal government may reallocate some vaccine supply to states where demand has been higher. Is that going to have an impact here in Indiana on our ability to even get to herd immunity with us trailing a number of other states in terms of demand? No,
2: I, I think vaccine is available. Uh, they're Just recently, there have been something like 22 states that haven't ordered their full allocation. So we have plenty of vaccine, and Indiana will be able to order the vaccine. But I I think it's really important that uh, Hoosiers, um, you know, take confidence, get your questions answered if if you have issues uh, uh, with taking the vaccine. But it's a a safe vaccine. Um, It's going to get us back to life. Uh, as we've known it in the past.
0: And it does seem when you look at age groups and also geographic areas, where the vaccine has been uh, more widely used that the COVID numbers there in particular have gone down even further than in other areas.
2: It's very impressive. I mean, this is a very effective vaccine. It's up to 95%. That's way more effective than the flu vaccine that uh, folks get in the fall. It's only about 40 to 60% in some years. And so it's effective. It's, it's safe um, and um, it, it will get our economy back and get us back to having having uh, in-person fun again.
0: You know, you talk about the persuasion effort. You talk about hearing from your own doctor. You talk about uh, getting others to try and convince people who are hesitant to get the shot. We have a couple of clips here uh, of, of PSAs of that nature. First, uh, from the GOP Doctors Caucus, including Indiana Congressman Larry Bouchon.
4: Look, this vaccine is safe. Operation Warp Speed brought us safe and effective vaccines. And it's obvious to me from a medical standpoint, the only way to protect ourselves and your loved ones and to end the government's restrictions on our freedoms is to take action and get the vaccine. Congressman Bouchon, one of uh, several Republican
0: doctors serving in Congress, urging people to get the vaccine in this video you're seeing here. We also have a clip of a similar message here from IndyCar drivers. Tony Kanaan, Charlie Kimball in this new PSA, also encouraging people to go out and get the shot. Uh, Dr. Monroe, efforts like this, will they work? Certainly more hesitancy among younger people, also among some Republicans. Will it help for people to hear from politicians or celebrities? Will that make a difference, do you think?
2: It will reach uh, some some individuals, uh, certainly. And I, I really appreciated the messages that uh, you just played that they were spot on. Um, but I think for most people, honestly, wanna hear from their doctor or their family or their friends. Um, and uh, one thing that I think is quite powerful is when you talk to someone that's been infected by COVID, especially with the long-term side effects, um, it's pretty tragic uh, what's happened to so many people that have either lost their lives or had these chronic uh, long-term consequences. So,
0: so certainly folks
2: get vaccinated.
0: Okay. That's the message. Bottom line, uh, Dr. Monroe, thank you so much uh, again for being with us. We, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks. Again. Thanks. Well, coming up next this Sunday in focus, we're talking about the Indiana impact of the president's American families plan. We'll hear from state lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, and we'll talk with our panel about the Potential for Governor Holcomb's latest veto to be overturned tomorrow at the statehouse. Lawmakers at the Indiana State House are talking about the impact of some massive legislation being proposed in Washington. The president's American Families Plan sets a standard for things like paid leave, pre-K, and child care. But some lawmakers say these issues should be left up to the states. Here's what lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are telling us this week
5: after almost 50 to 75 years of uh, not making significant progress on these major policies uh, i think there is a role for the federal government to come up with a standard policy that applies across the country and take politics away from the local or the state level
3: i would love for the federal government to get back in their domain of you know managing our defense managing world you know the world affairs
0: you can see more of those interviews on our website. Right now, I want to turn to our panel, Rima Shahid, Laura Wilson, Mike Murphy, Robin Winston with us today. We start with Rima Shahid with Women for Change, Indiana. Reema, the American Families Plan, it's certainly costly. How do you compare the cost to the potential benefits for families here in the Hoosier
3: state? There's definitely a cost to it, but it's so important that we provide relief to Hoosiers and to Americans. What we know is that more women have left the job force. The last time this many women left was during the last pandemic. And if we don't have policies that support women and support families, they're going to continue to leave the job force. And it not just hurts those women, but the overall economy um, of those individual states and of our government. It's so important that we do this um, because we have to keep those women in the workforce and support communities and families.
0: All right, I want to turn now to UND political science professor, Dr. Laura Wilson. Laura, the president, uh, trying to do a lot of things at once here with these big new policy measures and also still trying to convince more Americans to go out and get vaccinated.
6: There's a lot, right? Um, he is definitely has a lot on his plate. And we talk about the vaccinations and then also these new policies. He definitely has a big agenda, but this is something important. He doesn't know if he's going to have a Democratic Congress for that long. So he has to try to be as productive as possible in the time that he has.
0: Also some job numbers out uh, Friday. They're not quite as uh, as good as, as the White House had hoped. Let's bring in former State Party Chair Robin Winston, who played a key role in the Biden-Harris campaign. Robin, can the administration make all of these things happen in this political climate we're living in right now?
4: First off, yes, Dan, they can and, and we will. Keep in mind, anyone watching the show, not one Republican voted for the plans that's resulting in more money to Indiana communities. Uh, the jobs report today, while it wasn't as ambitious as we thought, points up more than ever that we need to make sure that we get the next infusion of federal support through to help kickstart this economy, and that the recovery is going to be long. We have a president who is honest in the White House and has told us that.
0: Finally, former GOP lawmaker Mike Murphy. Uh, Mike, you have Republicans, you have Mitch McConnell saying uh, he wants to stand against this White House. He's not for these policies. Uh, but your Republican Party also dealing with a number of ongoing situations in Washington, including uh, this controversy with Liz Cheney, perhaps uh, being pushed out of her leadership role. A couple of Indiana lawmakers, Jim Banks, Jackie Willarski, had at one point been mentioned as as possible replacements. Doesn't look like that's going to happen now. What What do you make of this whole controversy?
5: Well, first of all, Liz Cheney votes had had voted, I should say with uh, the Trump administration 93% of the time. I'd say that's a friend of that administration. Her um, potential replacement, Stefaniak, has voted with the Trump administration about 72% of the time. So about, what is that, uh, 20, 21% difference. That's a big difference in Congress. Um, They're trying to push Liz Cheney out because she tells the truth. That's all there is to it. The role model for all members of Congress in the Senate should be Todd Young. He's working with Senator Schumer on the $100 billion tech bill called, uh, I think it's called the American Frontier Act. He told me uh, two days ago it's going to pass the Senate. Obviously, we don't know what happens in the House, but those are the kinds of bipartisan things that we should be doing to push America's economy forward. Uh, Laura, also a struggle ongoing between Republicans at the statehouse.
0: As we mentioned earlier, Governor Holcomb facing uh, another veto override tomorrow. This is he also deals with this legal fight with state lawmakers and the attorney general. It's quite a situation.
6: It is. And this has been something that's developed really in the last couple of months, this beginning of his second term in office. On one hand, when you have the power, you also have the responsibility. And that's what you see with a Republican governor and a Republican supermajority. Many of these entanglements and conflicts, quite frankly, are are pretty understood. There there's divisiveness within parties. There we have a a fake two-party system. It's an umbrella of lots of different ideas and coalitions. I think, you know, people get concerned about this. It's natural. It's a part of party politics. And yet it is really fascinating to see it unfold, particularly in this ongoing for months now, ongoing conflict that we see between the governor's office, between Eric Holcomb and between those within the Indiana General Assembly and our state legislature.
0: Mike, this is really uh, pretty rare. You served in the General Assembly. What, What do you think? Are they likely to overturn his veto tomorrow?
5: Well, there's a couple bills up for veto tomorrow. Um, There's the uh, ethanol bill, and then there's the one that's probably more prominently controversial, which is the one that uh, gives uh, politicians the right to decide health policy in an emergency as opposed to the professional physicians and health officials of each county. Um, I think they are, I don't know about the ethanol bill, it's a little more technical, but I think they are likely to override the governor again on the uh, on the health bill, the health officials bill, and I don't know uh, if the Governor will uh, take that to court or not. I have no idea. But in the end, I don't care which party the Governor is in. The governor always wins these things long term. and the legislature goes home and they are not influential for another you know seven or eight or ten months, generally speaking. Now this year they have redistricting which they've set themselves up to be in session for forever. <clears throat> But uh, the governor will win this ultimately.
0: It seems like he's facing an uphill battle, though, at this point. Mike, are you, are you surprised that it's come, come to this?
5: Well, I'm, I am surprised that the legislators had the temerity to take on the governor um, of their own party like this. Uh, I've been involved in politics for nearly 40 years, and I've never seen this happen uh, between any legislative majority and, and the governors of the same party. Uh, It's just just never happened. You have a lot of fights, certainly. But you do it behind closed doors. You come out from behind the closed doors meeting and you smile and you shake hands and you get the the people's work done. This is the first time I've ever seen this.
0: We even had a candidate for governor uh, this week. Eric Doden announced early three years ahead of the 2024 gubernatorial election. Uh, Robin, how do you see all of this playing out at the statehouse?
4: Well, first off, I've never seen an incumbent governor be declared a lame duck this early. I mean, they haven't even ordered new stationery and business cards for a lot of people, and there are already people running for governor three years in advance in the Republican Party. In the Republican Party, Um, you have rumors of an attorney general maybe running for governor. It seems to me that none of these resonate back down in Paoli or or Bedford or in the communities of Indiana that are looking for what's your long-term solution to job growth. How are you gonna make sure people get immunized? I think those are the real issues that people ought to be focused on, not on who's gonna sue who and make attorneys a lot of money.
0: All of this after an otherwise successful session on a lot of fronts, a lot of new money in the state budget. Uh, The governor did also sign a bill making more accommodations for pregnant women in our state, certainly worth noting uh, here on this Mother's Day. Rima, how does your organization view this past legislative session
3: overall? Uh, It was challenging. It was challenging for a number of reasons. Um, We were not in the building due to um, certain lawmakers not wanting to wear masks amidst a global pandemic. But I don't believe that House Bill 1309, the Pregnancy Accommodations Bill, truly sets indiana forward i actually think it sets indiana back all it does is an employee can ask their employer for accommodations doesn't mean that the employer has to grant them again when people are losing their jobs at such a high rate and when we have a serious problem here in indiana around maternal infant mortality we really have to take a hard look at these bills and think are they actually doing good for people and addressing the needs of folks Or are they just a rubber stamp to make us feel good about ourselves? And I think it's
0: the latter. You think the bill was watered down uh, too much? Doesn't go far enough in your view? Uh, Absolutely. Okay. Uh, The panel will be back with us here coming up in just a few minutes. But next, this Sunday in Focus, a summer tradition will return to the Hoosier State this year. The Indiana State Fair. We'll hear from organizers up next. Well, among the big events returning this year after being put on pause during the pandemic last summer, the Indiana State Fair making its return as well. This year's State Fair will run from July 30th through August 22nd and celebrate the resiliency of the Hoosier spirit. Organizers say they'll be able to bring back carnival rides, fair food
6: and live entertainment. We have three months ahead of us, so we have plenty of time to plan and monitor the situation. And as we get closer to the event, we'll look at what safety uh, protocols will need to be in place.
0: Tickets for the State Fair go on sale next month. We'll be right back after this with this week's Winners and Losers. Stick around.
5: All right, time for this week's Winners and Losers. Mike, you're up first. Only winners this week. First, I want to honor the 300,000 World War II veterans who are still alive, particularly uh, Walter Bediel Smith, who accepted the uh, German surrender on this day in 1945. No longer with us, but maybe the most famous soldier in Indianapolis history. All right. Robin?
4: Mary Garland and the Justice Department for going after the officers that stood by idly while George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis. Bigger, Bigger investigation. The other are the losers. I don't see how you could look at the footage of January the 6th and not call that an insurrection.
3: Rima. My winners this week are the Biden administration for expanding the number of refugees that we are going to allow back into the United States and holding Lady Liberty's promise. My winners are also to all the moms out there, dog moms, dog moms plant moms, and everyone in between, happy Mother's Day and also happy early Eve Mubarak to all those observing and celebrating. Laura, you get the last word. Okay, well, only winners also,
6: all of us, Hoosiers, we get the State Fair back, and I am very (laughs) excited, ready to go get a funnel cake. Also, of course, to all the moms, my mother-in-law, Julie Urban Fishers, my grandmother, Edith Ziegler, down in Columbus. I agree, any kind of mom, anyone who plays a nurturing role in life is important, so thank you.
0: Amen. Laura, Rima, happy Mother's Day to you both. To my mom, to my wife, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We'll see you again next week.